Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Paddock Pass podcast. My name is Neil Morrison of Crash.net Infamy and uh, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined today by a special guest for an episode which basically resumes what has been going on in MotoGP testing so far in 2018. Uh, I'm here in Qatar at the final test of 2018 and I have a very special guest, Mr. Manuel Pacino. Hello, sir. Hi, Neil. Hi to your listeners. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Manuel. Thank you. Uh, you are a man of uh, of great experience in this paddock. You've been here since uh, 1993, am I right in saying? I better don't think about that. It's a long time ago. <laughs> there were still the two, the smoking two strokes around, yes. Yeah, okay, right, excellent. And you, obviously a, a Spanish journalist, uh, and you have worked for a variety of people through the years. Who, who do you work for at the moment, Manuel? Yes, I have, I've been editor of two, the two most um, important magazines in Spain, and now I... I just write for the one who pays, you know, but uh, I work a lot in Italy, I write in Japan, I write in the United States, in Germany, in Brazil, whatever, the world is open today, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. You, you you have to go to Japan every year to satisfy the magazines that you work for there. And yeah, 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 Japan is one of my favorite places for racing, or just for, for going there, it's a good country and I go twice or three times a year over there. Okay, okay, yeah. So, uh, for any uh, listeners that uh, don't know Manuel's work, it's definitely worth checking that out. Uh, you have your own website, Manuel, which is at... Yes, my own website, which is in English and in Spanish, and the name is Pesino GP. It's like Al Pacino, but with an E instead <laughs> of an A. Exactly. Pesino right. GP, yes. Okay. Thank you. Excellent, cool. So, to get into matters regarding uh, preseason, it's uh, it's been quite interesting. At Sepang, it looked like we had three factories that were extremely competitive. Uh, Yamaha, Ducati, and Honda all looked in great shape. And then we went to Thailand, and things changed quite considerably. And again, here in Qatar, it's difficult to predict. When you look at Yamaha, if we if we focus on them first of all, um, what is going on with factory Yamahas? Because it doesn't seem that they have made a big step from 2017. No, in fact, in fact, uh, we listened yesterday to Valentino, and he says that basically they are in the same situation they were at the end of the last season, and at that time they weren't in a good situ- situation. So it's amazing that after how much four, five, six months work in Japan, they are. We can say easily that they are still lost. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They're still lost. They're still complaining of the same issues that they had at the end of last year as well, which is quite surprising. Yeah, they, it's amazing that the factory with their experience, having the most experienced rider like Valentino, they simply, when you ask them, they, the answer is, we don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have guys like uh, Ramon Forcada in the garage, who is obviously Maverick Vinales' crew chief, uh, Silvano Galbocera, guys that have, you know, uh, decades of experience yeah, in this tons sport. tons of experience, yeah. right, right. But... They are going backwards uh, and forward, backwards and forward. And what's really amazing is that each rider has a different input. The same day, one speaks about front tire problems. The other, the other rider speaks about rear tire problems. One has problems in acceleration. The other one in, uh, in stopping the bike. So it, it really doesn't make sense. And here we saw the second day of testing. We saw Vinales, not the first day, we saw Vinales at the top of the timesheet, right? The following day, he arrives at the press uh, meeting and says that he doesn't understand what's going on. They are completely lost. Yeah, which was the same situation in Thailand. He was, uh, well, 
I think on the second day, he felt that he found something. Everything was good. Everything was optimistic. We found a solution to all our woes. And then the next day, you know, utter dejection and, and no explanation. I, I, I don't know. And what it made, makes everything worse is that the guy on a private, on a customer Yamaha, he says that nothing is wrong, everything. When you ask him, his answer is everything is perfect. <laughs> so, and how all the, how do you say, all the know-how, all the technicians they are in the other garbage. Yeah. And nothing works. Yeah. So if somebody can explain it to me, please, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, I mean, last year it definitely seemed that one of the problems within Yamaha was that Maverick was trying to go in one direction with setup and Valentino was saying, hey, that's not what an M1 should, or that's not how an M1 should behave. I've been here for several more years than you. We should go in this direction. And you kind of got this strange bit in the middle where Maverick was happy, wasn't happy, but Valentino wasn't happy either because he hadn't, they hadn't followed his input in uh, last winter. Look, uh, we have to do, or we, I mean, uh, you, sorry. <laughs> you should do an exercise very interesting. At the end of the season of this uh, test today, that is the last day, you should take the last day of last year in the same test and the one uh, the result of the te of the test of today and then compare who has improved and who had compared with last year i did it last uh, last night uh -huh. so you can see that uh, for example lorenzo is slower now than he was last year you can see that maverick is slower mark marcus has improved a little bit 0.4 the Suzuki's, for example, have improved one second, 1.2 compared with the second session of last year. So it's an interesting exercise to see where they are. And if you go to Yamaha, it will be interesting to see what comes out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think there's no doubt that, you know, guys like Maverick and Valentino can fight for the championship. But are we at a situation where, you know, they're just going to be struggling all year? I mean... I have a theory that is mine and probably most of the people won't agree but i think that uh, yamaha is suffering the lack of jorge lorenzo okay jorge ha had been in uh, yamaha for eight years and he built a bike w which was very effective he won three championships with that bike and zarco who is the guy who is fast with the yamaha is basically using Lorenzo's heritage and Zarco who is the fast one says that he rides the way Lorenzo did so in my opinion what Yamaha is uh, looking for is a new way a new direction this direction Jorge was giving to Yamaha now they they don't know very well where to go and now I know that many people will say hey you are saying that Valentino has no experience but what's going on then know the factory follows with the eye closed what the, uh, Valentino says and it's not working and I am sorry people can agree or not but this is the reality so is it the case that Valentino now is 39 years old perhaps we're entering that stage where it's clear that they don't find the way it's very clear and Maverick was very competitive last year at the beginning he won three out of the four five races with the, the bike that Lorenzo left when he went to Ducati, you know? And then they changed that bike and imagine the mentality of Vinales thinking in the situation he was last year, 
dominating tests, practice session, everything. And now he's in deep, deep, uh, which is the legal world, trouble. <laughs> Kudos for not swearing there. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, when you look at Vinales, he just looks kind of dejected, like lost. And, well, you know. We, the body we, language is, yeah. we are here and we can see things that are not on the paper and probably not on TV and this stuff. And this, we can read things that only the people who are at the local and and Maverick, his body language is the body language of somebody who is not enjoying his. You know, for him, it looks like that getting on that bike is pff, man another day in the office. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's uh, one of the things you kind of you you pick up on when you sort of observe what happens at Yamaha is that obviously this team is built around Valentino, but with Maverick, he has his personal assistant Alex uh, Salas. Wilco Zielenberg is his, you know, trackside coach. Um, but really, it seems that he's maybe a bit, a bit lost, a bit lonely. No, uh, Valentino, uh, Valentino not. Uh, Maverick has a very, uh, how do you say, pers his personality, somebody that he trusts very much in himself and in decision he takes. He's, but he's still young. The problem is that when he gets lost, like he is now, as he has not surrounding that he can lean on then he's lost and he cannot consult with anybody Valentino is absolutely in the antipodas you yeah, see sure. because Valentino has around him a family you know Valentino has people he trusts on and he can speak with he can share with this uh, Maverick doesn't have but it's because their personalities you know yeah. and Maverick is now in a situation and close to Valentino that is always like uh, you know Valentino is he sucks no everything all the air that is around and this is very Vinales is in a difficult situation very difficult much more mentally I would say that technically yeah yeah absolutely and I guess for a rider of Vinales's talent and his standing through Moto3 through Moto, uh, 1 to 5 Moto2 and then at Suzuki uh, in Moto GP, he was you know he was looked at as the main guy and, and this must be so difficult for him to, to adjust, no? Yeah, yeah. And what I say, uh, seeing what is happening with Vinales in that Yamaha environment, you value very much what Lorenzo did for so many years inside. Valentino, Yamaha is Valentino, basically. You just have to look what happens when Valentino gets into the garage. I, I was uh, just a minute ago in front of the boxes and there were 15 guys around Valentino hearing what he said when he came into the box. Technician, friends, engineers. And when Maverick does the same, there are three or four, you know. And, and even uh, the team manager said, okay, it's logical that we follow what Valentino says to develop the bike, but it does not work. Yeah, yeah, and it hasn't been working now for for quite some time. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So, where do Yamaha go to, go from here? If if you were in Massimo Marigali's shoes, the, the the team manager, and you had to choose a path for the year ahead, what what do you think would be an appropriate way to go? Maybe buy a Honda or <laughs> <laughs> call HRC. Hey, send me over some bikes. No, and I paint them in blue. I don't know. I don't know. And, and the time is running out because this, the championship is starting in a few days. Yeah. 
Look, this track here in Los Aires was always a good Yamaha track. So maybe even they can save the situation, but not solve, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we saw that last year in several, you know, several instances that the, the, the M1, sorry, the M1 is still a good bike when you are at a track which has a lot of fast flowing corners like here, like Silverstone, like Phillip Island, and that kind of almost hides some of the issues that are at play. But I think what we're seeing is that when we go to places with no grip, yeah. like Jerez, for Jerez. example, it's just going to be a, it's going to be a disaster similar to last year. And consider something that there has been always considered is that Valentino is a racing guy, okay? Yeah. Valentino will never give them his maximum in a practice session like Mark does or, or who Janone or even Vinales. Uh, Valentino, when it comes to Sunday, you always have to count with him. Always. Even if he starts back seventh, eighth, Valentino is a racer. Yeah, sure. And we just have to look at last year's preseason, which he thought was a total disaster. And he still went to the Spanish Grand Prix in Jerez after three races leading the championship. So, you know, I guess you know, we have yeah. to look into previous history yes. and context for this. But Grandpa Valentino <laughs> is still there, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Will he stay for another two years after yes. 2018? Yes, yes. He said, basically, he said it unofficially two days ago when he answered about the question whether he was building a, there was an option him building a team. He said that it would not happen until they were thinking about that. But at the end, it will not happen at least until 2020. He says, when I am supposed to stop racing. Yeah. So basically, it looks an unofficial announcement. Yeah, you know? unofficial confirmation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So could we be in a very, very strange situation? Maybe the first time I'm from my memory, maybe the first time ever that a satellite Yamaha rider could be fighting regularly towards the front when the factory guys aren't there. I mean, can you see Zarko said it's a pang that he he's going to try and win the championship, which is a crazy oh. thing for, for a satellite rider to say. But from his performances, he's been fast in all three tracks that we've gone to this year. Yeah, but probably he... Can he can he challenge for the title? I, I don't title? think so. I don't think so. I think that he can be like he did last year, good races, be in the podium, but no way. In fact, uh, satellite team, look, too much money involved, too much technicians, no way. So he has a certain, say, room limit? Yeah, limit, sure. Yeah. Uh, sincerely, there is... It never happens, happened, and I think it will never happen. No way. Okay. He will do a good championship because he's a good rider and he has a good bike. The Lorenzo's heritage is still a good bike, but not to win the championship, okay. in my opinion. Okay. And I guess one of the reasons why you might think that is because we've seen some of the, the fastest guys from last year look incredibly strong uh, through all three preseason tests. I mean, Honda are in very good shape indeed, right? And Marquez in particular. Yes, but this the difference is that normally Marquez is always fast, okay? But we have seen Pedrosa being fast, Carl Crutchlow being fast. So, and Marquez yesterday said to us, you were there, that this year Honda has worked very well and the way all the material they bring seems to work. And he is always very happy because as soon as he gives the Japanese engineer an input, it takes very short time for that what he has asked for to come. Yeah. 
Exactly. Mark's obviously just signed a new contract to stay with Honda until 2020, which uh, reportedly will make him the most, uh, the best paid rider on the MotoGP grid, which I guess, you know, who can argue with that? Uh, he's, he's well, um, you are right and not, because if you just take the money he will get, he will be the one who has the highest contract, okay? Right. But there is a, a shortcut because he's not the rider who gets the most money. Because there are one rider whose name everybody will find will will imagine that gets a percentage of the sponsors. And at the end, this makes that at the end of the season he gets much more money than the one Marcus is getting. Right. Okay. <laughs> and obviously this is the Mr. Forty Six, okay? And this is a story I tell you, our listeners. This happens when Valentino returned from Ducati to Yamaha. Yamaha didn't, at that time, Yamaha didn't want to have Valentino in his team. They didn't want to bother Jorge Lorenzo. But Valentino had no, no other way to go, so he insisted and insisted. And Yamaha trying to take away his uh, idea of returning, ten, but we have no money. Valentino said, I don't care. I just ride for the bike. And then they say, okay, come, but we give you a little, just a little money. He said, no, I don't care. I just want to ride the bike. But one of his advisors said, okay. At that time, Yamaha had no sponsors. So they said, okay, you have no sponsors in the team. If we bring sponsors because Valentino will return, we want a percentage. And this contract is still running now. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's the best paid <laughs> at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that's I guess that's before you take into account his clothing line and all yeah, the rest no, of these uh, kind of things. Monster, for example. I don't. We are doing uh, free advertising, but there are, <laughs> <laughs> there are basically the the sponsors you see on the bike. Uh, Valentino gets a percent a percentage of it. Yeah. No. Okay. That's interesting. Sure. Okay. So. So Marquez might not be the best paid rider on the grid, but his salary certainly is quite exactly. impressive. Um, one of the interesting things that he said after the first day of testing here in Qatar was that he was waiting, before he signed, he was, I guess, waiting to see how things were after Livio Supo left and how Alberto Puig would take the direction of this Honda team. And he said that he's been quite pleased with the communication Whenever he asks for something technically, he feels there's an instant response. He feels there's a kind of a shorter waiting time between asking for something at the track and then getting it. Um, this was key, right? Yes, yes. But uh, basically, Honda has no other choice. Uh, he has won how many? Four out of the last five grand, uh, titles. And he's still 23, so... Uh, 25. 25. Yeah. If he asked for the moon... Honda probably will shoot a rocket and look for it and bring it to him, you know. So, he, but basically at this point, look, I think in my opinion at this point, money is not that much important. Okay, he has a, he gets much money, a lot of money, but I think that knowing Marquez, what he wants more is power inside that garage, uh, having the power to take decision to push the Japanese in a certain direction, you know, he, any other factory would have wanted to take him. Yeah. So basically the Japanese know 
that he is the man and what he wants, they give it to him. Yeah. Okay. Does he? Will he start this season as the as the favorite to to retain his his world title or his world crown? Uh, I see here in Qatar where we are now. I see Dovizioso winning and his Ducati here. It, yes, and the championship is so long. This year we have 19 races, so long and so many different tracks, condition and 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 the sport. We know in which sport we we are. But basically, at this moment, there are two riders who, who, who would fight for the championship. No one is Mark and the other one is Dovizio. So they seem, I don't know if you agree, they seem some bit ahead of the rest. Yeah, no, I do, I do agree with that, actually. I think I was I was expecting maybe Vinales and after Sepang, I was certainly expecting Lorenzo to be there. But we've, we've really seen Jorge going around in circles in the past two tests. And look, 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 today is happening something very... I don't know how, how which word to give it to. Yesterday, Lorenzo said that he used the fairing without winglets to double check if it worked or not. And what did he say? That it definitely was not the way to go. Which fairing is he using today? The fairing without the winglets. Right. <laughs> the one he said yesterday night yeah. that surely was not the way. Yes. Tell me. And the same in, in Thailand two weeks ago, he lost a complete day riding a bike that after Sepang, he said that he would not ride anymore, the 2017. So it's like shooting in all the direction without really knowing what they want to shoot. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's been quite remarkable, actually, because Lorenzo just seems to be going around in circles. And all the time, Davizioso is absolutely sure with the, the direction that he's going in. Uh, I think here he, he's still assessing two different chassis, um, two, 2018 chassis, and also he's, he's assessing the, the aerodynamics package that Ducati will have for the first race. They'll have to mulligate before the first race. But, you know, it's just night and day when you listen to it. He's so sure and so assured in himself. You know, it, it's you can almost see that he is he's grown into this role yeah he's look there are kind of two personality one is mr iceman no uh -huh. cold and sure of himself and the other side is mr vulcano it's amazing he and jorge will get more and more nervous as he see if it happens that dovizioso is getting better and better yeah. And the problem is the confidence in the garage. At a certain point, obviously, Ducati will, uh, the garage will will bend to one of both sides, you know? Yeah, yeah. And is it just a case that, I mean, last year in the first part of 2017, it was clear that Jorge had to adapt his style. His entire history aboard a MotoGP machine was used to a completely different way of working. And it seemed in the second part of last year that he was making some progress. But, I mean, what's the issue now? Is it... Yeah. Is, is this bike just... Is it that different Look, to... The first I will say is that I respect Jorge a lot. You know, he has won three titles and there are not many riders in the history who have... So, he's a very good rider. He has done incredible and amazing things. But at this moment, he is simply not able to ride the Ducati. We saw that happening to Valentino the same so it doesn't take the merit of what he did and how good he is as a rider but he is not able to ride the Ducati at this point yeah it's as simple as that yeah 
So, so what, what do you think is the what will be the, the solution? I mean, like Jorge is obviously he's out of contract at the end of 2018. I don't know. We as everyone look, else, but it's it's kind of a deja vu, you know, deja vu. Go back to what happened with 11 and 12, was it, with Valentino? Yeah. So they tried, they tried. Look, if Dovizioso really enters in the fight for the championship from the beginning, if you were Ducati, what would you do? Bet on the winning horse. Yeah. <laughs> Simp Racing is as cruel as this. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Even if his salary is uh, a tenth of uh, yeah, what his teammate is earning. No, this salary is something they have fixed two years ago. You know, the now is what counts. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right, interesting. So, um, if we were to, to look at the bikes on the grid, I mean, which do you think is the strongest package at the moment? Good question. I would uh, put even. Yeah. Ducati and Honda. Yes. Ducati and the Suzuki has grown a lot. Yamaha is the big question mark. I refuse to accept the situation of Yamaha as a factory as Yamaha. It's it's sim simply impossible to accept something like this. Then we have the Aprilia who has always been all, also been growing. They have a good package. Uh, they have probably a lack of riders. And then KTM seems to be stuck, you say, in yeah, English? Sure. Because, again, so also, they they went last year through a developed phase, and now they should have riders that should push the next step. And maybe they are missing that. But uh, it will be a nice fight, and I would love to see again Ducati fighting with Honda. Yeah. You know, very good. Remember, one factory, one brand, Honda sells around... 70 million, 20 million bikes a year, while Ducati sells 45,000. So it's like Goliath against David, no? <laughs> exactly. So it's amazing to to realize that two worlds like this and the track uh, at the track are capable to fight. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a nice mix for sure. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Suzuki there. I think it's definitely worth uh, spending a little time talking about about their performance because Alex Rins, I think we've got a handful of guys that have been competitive at all three, at all three tests that we've been at. Uh, you've got Davizioso Marquez, holy crutch though, I would put in there as well, uh, Zarco, and then Alex Rins. Yeah. Yeah. And Rins has been really strong, right? And this is, this appears to be, uh, Suzuki maintaining some of the momentum that they, they built up at the end of 2017. I'm really curious. Yes. You said, as you said, Suzuki has done a huge step forward but it, uh, so, so far we have seen testing okay so uh, race racing is another story racing are 25 laps full gas and I am really to see curious to see if uh, we if Suzuki confirms what we have seen in testing if it's so it will be fantastic and then we can write or say here in your radio that Suzuki is back something that all the racing fans really want. You know, Suzuki is a, a brand, historical brand with a lot of mythos. How you say mythos? Yeah, yeah, it's Myths. like a mythical, yeah, yes. mythical so brand. Sure. The racing needs the best Suzuki to be back. And really, we push for it. And Suzuki has to go through 
exams, you know, here at the first racing to see if it's real what we have seen so far. Yeah, yeah. I remember looking at the pace on, I think, the first two days in Thailand. And other than Marquez and Davizioso, Rins was one of the other guys that was, you know, strongest in terms of consistency. Um, I mean, he was always a guy that was very, very, very talented. You could see that in how quickly he would adapt to Moto3 and then in Moto2. I think he was on the podium in his, his second or third race. Um, he never quite has managed to win a world championship, but there's clearly a talent there and a sort of a smooth style, which... Yes, look, uh, he's he has been unlucky to, to be in the same generation like Vinales, probably... Um, like Spargaro, Paul. So it's, he has been always runner-up in different championships, but he has never got the championship. Talent he has. Uh, in Moto2, there was a phase where he got a little bit lost with some things off racing, but it, it seems that now in MotoGP he has returned to the pad. He has talent, but... Uh, he carries the bag that he has not won a championship, as you said. Yeah. If you look in uh, in the MotoGP class, there aren't that many who are not world champion yeah. in something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Especially the guys that he's he's going to be fighting against every week, right? Claro. Yeah. But yeah. let's see, let's see. He, and he's, um, he feels now mentally strong, you know? And, and as you know, racing, a good part of racing is not in the wrist, but in the head. And this he is... He has. Uh, he is very strong mentally now. Yeah, yeah. I spoke to Davide Brivio last night, and he was saying that the simple fact that Rins is now there to provide a challenge to Iannone, he missed so much of last season, and then when he did return from injury, he wasn't. He was inexperienced. He wasn't quite at the level of Iannone. But simply having two guys that are maybe not the exact same level, but similar. Uh, quality, you would say, Ian O'Neill and Rins. He said that that in itself is creating a, a competition within the garage, a motivation, and everything's just been lifted by that. Obviously, yeah. the bike's better as well. No, the bike has grown, no sure. way. But uh, they are very different riders, you know. I, for example, I like very much Yanone uh, as a rider because I like his aggressive style. He's a fighter. He's a fighter. Remember when he was racing in Moto2 with... Uh, Marquez, he was the only one who really was capable to challenge uh, Marquez. And we have heard many times Marquez saying that when he meets Yanone uh, uh, on the track, he knows that is the it's a synonym of problems, you know? Yeah, sure. He's a fighter, but this same spirit makes him race very aggressively. And this is maybe not that good in a whole race. Yeah. While... Uh, um, Rins has learned to ride much more smooth and he has probably still some uh, Moto2 style in his uh, in his flesh and bones okay so he and it seems that this way is more effective to ride the new Suzuki yeah sure exactly but as, as you say it's always good when there is a big competition in the garage yeah. we love it Exactly. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know if you were if you were at the the launch, the Ducati launch uh, in Bologna yes, in January, I was there, yes. and I heard uh, Paolo Ciabatti uh, was being interviewed, and he was asked about the relations between Jorge and Davizioso, and he whether that this year could 
in some ways replicate 2016 when Davizioso and Iannone were kind of fighting within that garage. And he was talking a little bit about when Iannone first went to the factory team and how he just, it was almost like he was constantly trying to wind his teammate up, like, I'm the number one now, you know. And he's, a, he's a peculiar character, but, yes, uh, but he's, look, he's got this kind of, uh, this confidence that I guess you need to be a, you need to be if you're a factory rider. On the street, Janone uh, would always be the one who starts a fight, you know. <laughs> It's a diplomatic way of uh, yeah, describing his character. And and but but the same way, there is no war. Uh, as we say in Spanish, there is no war if one of the two doesn't want, you know. And this is basically the attitude of of Dovizioso. He's such a calm guy. He goes his way. He doesn't look for trouble. He doesn't um, follow when somebody tries to to push him. So. I think that Lorenzo has his own problems uh, and he has not to look to, to, to create others, you know? Yeah, sure, exactly. Um, it's been interesting at this test. I've heard, uh, or we've heard several writers saying that they think 2018 is going to be very similar to 2017, whereby we see some manufacturers incredibly strong at certain tracks and in certain conditions, and then the opposite at others. Um, do you think that we're going to have a similar year of, of ups and downs? I think, as Marquez said last night, you know, maybe you could be fifth one weekend fighting for the win the next. I, I, I'm not going to say the opposite and Mark. No, I'm not that pretentious. But I think that uh, the situation is different. Uh, Honda has started very strong and very clear. Remember la uh, last season, the start of the season, Honda had problems with electronics, okay? And then, once again, Mark had to override that bike until the bike got fixed at the middle of the season. Uh, at this time, as Dovizioso also has said, uh, Ducati starts for the first time as a real challenger. Last year, it was a question mark. Now, this year, nobody doubts. So the situation, I think, is different. Mark starts with a lot of confidence, very sure of having a very strong bike, and Dovizioso as well. So, again, as as we spoke before, I think those two are a little bit ahead of the rest. You know, and this morning I had an interview with Gigi Dalinha and talking, I asked him about his vision about the rest of the bikes of the grid so far. And talking about Honda, he said, mm, Honda has an engine, this year an engine almost as strong as ours. Ducati has always been the strongest edges but Honda is there you know yeah. and Honda has on his bike this uh, beast called uh, Mark Marquez you know yeah sure sure exactly it was interesting um, I guess we, we saw this a lot last year with Mark and with Cal two guys that like to break very late and break very hard um, they would always overheat the front tire and have issues with that they would have to select the hardest front rubber and some problems would sometimes arise from that uh, this year, do you think that because they have a more powerful engine that accelerates well out of the turns, they won't necessarily have to be as, as crazy independent on, yeah. on the brakes? Uh, uh, Neil, can you imagine Mark braking smooth? <laughs> I can't. I really, uh, <laughs> you know, he will simply arrive faster, but he will exactly break at the same point, in my opinion. <laughs> and with Carl, I don't know. Carl is... Uh, I always, when people ask me about Kala, I always say that he's by far the bravest guy on the on the on the grid. By far, the problem with Kala, in my opinion, is probably the consistency. Uh, you know, he can do fifth one race and maybe win another, and then. 
this is if he can polish this, he could be a challenger. Well, yeah, sure, sure. He, he's he's been another guy. I think uh, Cal said uh, twice that he thinks this could be his strongest season yet in MotoGP um, since he joined the class in 2011. And but I think Cal has. I always speak of uh, from my experience. I'm not uh, writing the truth, but Cal needs to believe more, you know, or or maybe really want it, because at the end he's in a position where. Pardon me, but he's kind of the test rider for Marquez. Maybe he tests the parts before Marquez receives it, or he he goes through parts that... So he's in a comfortable zone, yeah. you know? And then to try to get the championship, he has to, to want to get out of this comfortable zone yeah. and get into trouble. This is my opinion. Probably he would say the opposite, but this is what I think. <laughs> of course, we are generally, look, we are um, in every sport, in every uh, uh, ambience of the world, we are the, the worst, <laughs> you know, journalists. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Repulsive characters for sure. Yeah. So, Mamal, if I had to say to you right now to predict uh, the championship top three for 2018, uh, from what you've seen, what would you say? Uh, how do you think the championship okay, will finish? Okay, in order, just the top three, and then they put them together how they want. Marquez and Dovizioso would be clear. And the third one, I don't know. I, let me see. I would like to have a Suzuki on the third place. But this is just, I, I don't believe it very much, it's just a wish, you know. I would like very much to have a Suzuki, if it's with Yanone or with Linz, would be fantastic. I probably it won't happen, but I would like that it would be so. Okay, that could be interesting. So Suzuki is ahead of people like Jorge Lorenzo, ahead of Yamaha's. Jorge, again, is a very good rider, very good rider, but I can't accept that he his season will be as we have seen during the preseason. It would be very sad, no? Yeah. For our sport, very sad. And he has a character and he's a champion. And a champion never gives up. And a champion has a certain dignity to defend, you know? Yeah. And we we appeal to that uh, dignity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, okay. So we're going to play this back to you in uh, in November at Valencia, this wow. episode, okay? I Just know. to be sure. Look, uh, I tell you something. <laughs> when when uh, Marquez arrived in 2013, no? his first season in MotoGP, I was asking the Spanish TV about if he had a chance to win. And me, the big expert, said, no way. He has to learn electronics. He has to learn everything. And what did he do? <laughs> Win the championship. And since then, nobody calls me from the Spanish TV. <laughs> Probably, I hope you don't do the same. Yeah, no, you're appearing on uh, on podcasts, you know, yeah. <laughs> rather than television. Yeah, that's what's happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No worries. Well, uh, Memo Pacino, I'd like to say thank you very much for joining us. Uh, the pleasure. For... Always talking about bikes is always good and Ab nice. Absolutely. And just remind listeners, uh, if they want to follow you on Twitter, they can follow you at... Uh, Pacino, Pacino Pe GP. Pacino GP, again, okay. like Al Pacino, without yeah. <laughs> a, changing the E for an A. Okay, right. There I am, and well, uh, always 24 hours 
on the road with motorbikes. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you to Manuel and also thank you to this to you, listener, uh, for tuning into this latest edition of the Paddock Pass podcast. Uh, we have been here from the live from the Qatar test. You've probably heard the bikes buzzing around outside. We will be back with a, a season preview show where some of our regular contributors like uh, David Emmett, Steve English, will be putting together a little a little chat uh, previewing. Uh, everything that's going ahead in the season and uh, yeah if uh, that's that's about all there is to say uh, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter that is at Paddock Pass Pod uh, follow us on Facebook facebook.com forward slash Paddock Pass Podcast and if you listen to us through a podcast listening service please leave us a review because that helps other users find us so thank you very much see you next time Muy bien. Sweet.